I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast Week 14 Recap Edition, a.k.a. the Round 1 Recap Show of the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh. Oh my goodness, what a Sunday. From dominant performances to breakouts to busts, even an upset or two, Week 14 had it all. And so, of course... To recap it all, we need the man with all of the knowledge, the important nonsense IDP megastar at the real NWB, Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee, how are we feeling as we enter or we near the end of round one? Thanks, Jack. Well, week one of the playoffs is arguably one of the hardest of them all. And if you've made it this far, the key is to continue the guys that got you to this point. I am looking for some help personally with um Deontay Johnson and TJ Watt and Baker Mayfield in one of my leagues. It's their time to shine, hopefully with 30 points each. On another note, the league, the NFL, they did us a favor and they put six games on in the afternoons late, the late afternoon slate, which it just makes sense. Good witching hours for the price of one. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I never understand it when they go with like the three game afternoon slate. And usually when they do that, it's like two bad games. So. Don't love that, but I do love getting to work with you once again. So be sure to follow me over on Instagram at the Real NWB for IDP, Dynasty, Sports, and all sorts of great content. Of course, you know it's not just me. You can't run a three-man weave with just two people. So back again is the Doctor of Dynasty, the man with the map to the future. It's at Dynasty PhD. It's Dr. John Chancy. John, how's it going as we approach round two? Yo, it is I, Dr. Dynasty. Jack, I'm a little sad because it looks like I'm going to lose to you in our important nonsense Dynasty League. But to quote the great Frank Sinatra, at least I did it my way. I tried to set a good lineup. And guess what? That didn't work out. So bafangu to me. Uh, We'll try again next year. You know what? So let's talk about something a little more positive, something that'll put me in a good mood. It's a snowy day here in Oklahoma City, which is very rare. Uh, And the official dog of the important nonsense pod, Pumpkin, she absolutely loved it. She looked like Jalen Hurts there running around. I mean, she was just causing all kinds of chaos, uh, cutting and moving. I was like the Saints defense trying to stop her, but with no avail. So I'm here today, but I am much more winded than usual. Apologize for the beating that I put down on you. Right now we sit at 132.72 with Juju Smith-Schuster still playing. So love that for me. I'm heading to round two. And also love the official dog of the Important Nonsense podcast, Pumpkin. So be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC for all your pumpkin content. You can also follow along with all the work that these gentlemen and a slew of other brilliant people are posting on the daily over on importantnonsense.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NonsenseFF. But enough about us, even if I could talk about pumpkin for literally days. It's time to get down to the nitty gritty of all Sunday's action. So we're going to kick things off with the reigning defending Super Bowl champions as they took their talents to South Beach to face off with the Miami Dolphins. So Brian Flores, 
got the advantage early. The Miami defense picked off Patrick Mahomes twice. They go up 10-0, but of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him, and the Dolphins couldn't even do that for very long. Chiefs score 30 straight. Dolphins do almost come back. Final score is 33-27, to and I'm calling it now. In two years, so that's the 2022 season, we will see the Miami Dolphins beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl on the back of Tua Tagovailoa. Love the prediction, Jack. I think I, I think uh, I, I completely agree. But this game was so wide; it was so eye-opening for me for a number of reasons. It affirms so many things. I think uh, there's no question about it. Kansas City is the best team in the NFL right now. They're playing great football at the right time. Uh, Pat Mahomes, I think, is the MVP of the NFL. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers still has an argument, but I'm leaning Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and I also think Miami, the Dolphins, even with a loss, they are a more respectable team. You have to fear this team. Uh, but as far as thinking about how do you stop the Chiefs, the MO on the Chiefs was, hey, you got to be able to run the ball to beat them. And that probably is still true to some extent. But the Dolphins came pretty close, made it a very competitive game, running for only 80 yards on 3.3 yards per carry. So, you know, I mean, they were able to do it or at least come close in other ways. Um, but from a dynasty standpoint, got to keep your eyes on Lynn Bowden, who I really hate to say that because he probably murdered me in fantasy today. Um, he's just so good. How did the Raiders get rid of this guy? I mean, come on now. I mean, this is ridiculous. He only runs the ball for two yards one time, but he was able to also throw a pass. Uh, he didn't complete it, which is a shame, but he caught seven passes for 82 yards. I think the Dolphins have a very serious weapon on their hands, and if he's available in your dynasty league, you got to go grab him. Oh, you have that right about Lynn Bowden. I love the 15 he gave me in the important nonsense Dynasty League. Love to see that. Unfortunately, the pass was incomplete. It was actually targeted towards Tua, but pressure made it fall incomplete. Anyways, Tua Tagovailoa topped 300 yards for the first time in his career. They finished with 316 yards, two touchdowns, adds 24 yards rushing, and a touchdown on a QB sneak. Tua is a damn star in the making. Unfortunately, he does throw his first interception. Not his fault. Bounces off Jakeem Grant's hands. Not his fault at all. But both of Tua's TDs, we'll go back to the positive, go to Mike Gusecki. He gets five receptions, 65 yards, and two tugs. Mac Hollins, he gets five receptions, 66 yards. We've already heard John gush about how great Lynn Bowden was. So we don't have to talk about him anymore. Unfortunately, though, with all of this, meant that we didn't see much from DeAndre Washington. He stepped in for Miles Gaskin, who was on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. 15 touches, two of them receptions, 52 yards. Not what you wanted. I started him in a league, but don't worry. In that league, I also started Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Cam Akers, Allen Robinson. So great for me. I am just loving life right now. And so is Patrick Mahomes, even if he's not going to be thrilled with his performance today. He had three interceptions, but he still has 393 yards, two passing touchdowns, and of course, he's amazing. So, of course, because he's so good, Travis Kelsey balls, just because, of course, eight receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown. And of course, Tyreek Hill ball, because, of course, he's just going to ball. Eight receptions, 136 yards, and a TD. Plus a 32-yard run as well. So, Reek gets 168 yards and two scores, plus the eight receptions. Wild. So less impressive from the rest of the squad, though. Sammy Watkins, two receptions, 52 yards. Demarcus Robinson, one for a hunt, or for 13 yards. 
McCole Hardman, three for 40, although he did have a punt return TD, so that helps you in the special teams categories. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, two yards a carry on 16 attempts, just 32 yards rushing. Lucky for him, he gets five receptions for 59 yards. Compiles 91 yards. Doesn't look good doing it, though. So just imagine this offense with Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift or even James Robinson instead of reaching on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep, um, I'm going to say it. I don't care if people come to fight me, but Jonathan Taylor was the choice to make in the rookie drafts this year, not CEH. Come fight me. I don't care. Anyway, speaking of fight, Miami put up a real fight today. The Dolphins are the real deal. This is not a flash in the pan. Brian Flores is doing great work in this team and is underpinned by their defense, right? IDP MVP for this game is linebacker Jerome Baker. He's a middle guy. He does a lot in the interior of the linebackers and he had eight total tackles today two and a half sacks which is it's, it's rare when you get Patrick Mahomes down more than once three quarterback hits and two tackles for loss so the only way is up for the Dolphins from here we're gonna stick in Florida as the Minnesota Vikings visited the Buccaneers down in Tampa Kirk Cousins gets his team off to a hot start, goes up six to nothing. Tom Brady, he's missing passes. I'm getting people tweeting the PFF Patriots account, telling me Tom Brady stinks. And then the Bucs score 23 straight points, win 26 to 14. Tom Brady, of course, ends the day with 196 yards passing and two touchdowns, one of which goes to Gronk which was a two-yard score. That was Gronk's only catch of the day, unfortunately. Other goes to Scotty Miller on a 48-yard bomb. Oh, the fantasy pain because no one started Scotty Miller in the playoffs. Mike Evans, fine. Three receptions, 56 yards. Antonio Brown, five for 49. And Chris Godwin, just two for 25. Disappointments all around. Mess at receiver. But don't worry, things are crystal clear in the Buccaneers' backfield. I'm sorry, John, for my off-season slander. Leonard Fournette is a healthy scratch. Ronald Hitches, LaShawn McCoy takes Fournette's role as the nickelback, is way better at it. So now we've got the real Slim Shady at nickelback. What a mashup that would be. And in Dynasty, we're watching their negative three-yard carry from Keyshawn Vaughn. I may not win in Dynasty, but I will win the war that is uh, Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette. <clears throat> and I think, yet again, this is more evidence that Ronald Jones is a is a real fantasy contributor. Um, I think a healthy scratch, though, for Leonard Fournette is not a good sign. He was traded by the Jags and immediately forgotten in favor of James Robinson. So I think from a Dynasty standpoint, I'm very worried about Leonard Fournette going forward. And I think if you have uh, him on your dynasty roster, you should be too. Um, you know, I think depending on where you got him in terms of maybe your, your dynasty draft or maybe where you acquired him, um, you know, how can you trust him to potentially be an RB1, which is, I think, what the expectations were even when he was still in Jacksonville. But what do, what do the two of you think about Leonard Fournette and his, his value going forward? Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy, Doctor. I think, um, yeah, the Bruce Arians has he's brought him in to do a job, and there's been tension behind the scenes. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers move on from this guy at the end of the season, to be honest. Yeah, I think he is done in the same way that Todd Gurley is done. You hate to see it. And if you're a GM who played the Vikings, you probably hate to see your scores. So Dalvin Cook, he's fine, 110 yards and a touchdown on 22 touches. So that's 17 points plus a one-point reception. Not what you want from Cook, though. You want over 20. Kirk Cousins, he averages just six yards per attempt. 
only 225 yards passing, one touchdown. And I did call it on the Friday show. I told y'all Irv Smith Jr. could be spicy, and he was for reception, 63 yards, and the tutty. And tight end two, Tyler Conklin, who we also mentioned on the show, five receptions for 40 yards as well. So I know I'm stalling on Thielen and Jefferson. And it's because I'm, I'm sorry, I really don't like giving bad news. Justin Jefferson catches just four of eight targets for 39 yards. Adam Thielen catches three of four, also for 39 yards. And I caught a prop bet. Um, I just want to point out that I successfully took a Kirk Cousins touchdown plus Tampa winning and turned it into cash. That is all. Be sure to check out Monkey Night Fight for your prop bets. Um, I just, I wonder why Tampa def defenses, not just Tampa defenses, but um, Todd Bowles and his defenses, they always seem to be generous towards tight ends. I don't know if you picked up from that, but it was the same as when he was in New York and also when he was offense, uh, defensive coordinator in Arizona. Anyway, IDP MVP for this game is safety Antoine Winfield Jr. I need to point out that his father played with Tom Brady. And now the son is playing with Tom Brady in the future. He had 12 total tackles on the day, one sack, one forced fumble, and one quarterback hit. Live from New York. It's, wait, no, sorry. Live from New York, the Arizona Cardinals easily dispose of the New York Giants. 26-6. to GG, too easy. Kyler Murray completes 68.6% .6 of his passes, 244 yards. And a touchdown, runs for 47 yards on 13 carries. DeAndre Hopkins snags nine grabs, 136 yards. And that ultimately leaves just three receptions, 14 yards for Christian Kirk, two receptions for 10 yards from the returning Larry legend, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, you gotta you love to see Kyler getting back to his ways in terms of running the ball. I think that's gonna, you know, resuscitate his fantasy value, which has been pretty um you know, been pretty suspect over the last few weeks. But this was a must-win game, I think, for both teams. You know, the Giants really needed this win in terms of being able to stay in the NFC East hunt. And the Cardinals really needed it in terms of just staying in the wild card hunt. I mean, they were kind of in a, in a free fall there for a moment. I think this win is something that can get them uh, back on the right side of things. Uh, Hopkins, I really think, turned up the heat and truly delivered for fantasy players in the playoffs. you got to love to see that. I really think he's still my pick for the number one headband when it comes to wide receivers, especially at Dynasty. I love the connection between him and Kyler Murray already. And yes, and when DeAndre Hopkins is covered in the red zone, Donald is the second look that uh, Kyler Murray has. And once again, Dan, Dan Arnold delivered for your, his GMs. He had two touchdowns. Sorry, he had two grabs, 27 yards, and a touchdown. And Arnold's season is here. Or is it? You have to. Oh, it, it's here, Nee. It is absolutely here. You have to love this mini Dan Arnold breakout. What a shot call by you. Surrounding things out with the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake gets 24 touches, 90 yards and a touchdown, while Chase Edmonds get 11 touches, four of them receptions, so good for him, and 53 yards. So moving on to the Giants, nothing of note whatsoever. Daniel Jones completes 11 of 21 for 127 yards. Ultimately, it's the game's out of reach. Colt McCoy comes in for garbage time, two of three for 18 yards. We see Golden Tate, one reception for a 39 yards, so good for him. Sterling Shepard, three for 35. Darius Slayton, three for 41. And Evan Engram with a pitiful two receptions for 18 yards. 
Worst part of this too, Wayne Gallman, he should have had a solid game. He had 15 touches, three of them were receptions, and he did have 73 yards. But then Dion Lewis comes in at the goal line, vultures the touchdown, which helps nobody. And finally, last week's two TD hero, Alfred Morris, three touches, seven yards. Ugh. Yeah, it, it's, it's just gross all around with the Giants. And I can't believe I'm even thinking this out loud. And I'm probably totally wrong here. But I wonder if the Giants would just go back to Colt McCoy. I mean, uh, Daniel Jones just cannot stop turning the ball over. I mean, he fumbled the ball three times a day. Yeah, he only lost one of those fumbles. But that's really concerning. Um, for me at least. And then, you know, McCoy, obviously, he had a lost fumble too. So I don't know. Maybe this was just a bad day all around for the Giants. But I don't know. They're still in this NFC East hunt miraculously. So I don't know. Maybe they need to turn the clock back a little bit and throw Colt McCoy out there and see what happens. It was a very bad day for the New York Football Giants. But it was one of the reasons for that was the IDP MVP for this game, linebacker from the Cardinals, Hassan Reddick. This is a guy who started at inside linebacker and has spent a lot more time at outside linebacker in recent weeks. And today, this man had five ta total tackles, two tackles for loss, three sacks, three forced fumbles, and six quarterback hits. So he forced fumbles from both Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. Now, those numbers may not mean much to you if you don't play IDP, but I'll put it in perspective for you. So the league that I'm in, those stats accumulated about 46 points in leagues uh, big play heavy that reward the Saxon fumbles he had 80 points so I'm gonna bang the drum get IDP in your leagues his return to Cincinnati a seven victory shockingly enough the four and nine Cowboys are still in the playoff hunt what is 2020 2020 is the start of a new tradition the Andy Dalton Bowl. And this year, Dalton is one, Cincinnati is zero. Uh, and now this one was really, you know, pretty gross to watch because neither team is any good. Uh, but how about, you know, both of these teams are bad, but they're going to be getting high draft picks and a pretty QB loaded draft. So meaning they're going to get some of the best non-QBs uh, and they're also going to have starting quarterbacks who are returning with major upside uh, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys and Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Uh, every year we see turnover in terms of a third or even up to half of the playoff teams uh, from year to year. I would not be surprised at all with Dak and with Burrow back in the lineups if we don't see both of these teams in the playoffs next year, especially with some much needed help in the draft. Yeah, the return of Smoke and Joe Burrow and getting Dak back will be massive for both teams in 2021. In the meantime, though, Dalton holds down the fort, completes a very nice 69.6% of his 23 attempts, 185 yards, two TDs, one goes to Amari Cooper. He has four receptions, 51 yards, and the tutty, while the rest of his pass catchers are kind of just bleh. C.D. Lamb, two grabs, 46 yards, has 15 yards run as well, so 61 total. Dalton Schultz, he catches three for 34. Michael Gallup, just two for 23. And I can already hear the screams of all those who started Ezekiel Elliott because the other passing touchdown, that went to Tony Pollard. So Pollard turns 11 carries and two catches into 48 yards in the touchdown, so that's 10.8 fantasy points plus the two receptions. Meanwhile, Zeke, he turns 12 carries and two receptions into 59 yards. But thanks to not scoring a touchdown, he gives you a 5.9 plus the two receptions. It's a heartbreaker for the fantasy playoffs. You can't have that. 
It's tough to imagine any of you were playing Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll run this down real quick just in case. Brandon Allen, 217 yards and a touchdown, but no turnovers. So nice for him. Tyler Boyd, he catches five of nine for 43 yards. T. Higgins, he catches five of eight targets for 49. It's 20. Carries and three receptions, only 22 yards and loses a fumble. That gets him relegated behind Samaj P. Ryan, who had 41 yards and on 12 touches, which is not good for Cincinnati. Not good at all. Not good indeed. But one thing that was good was Dallas's defense. Now, at the start of the week, I looked at the defensive special teams on waivers and I picked Dallas for two reasons. One, the revenge narrative. Dalton going to his old um, team. He, the, his team is going to step up for him. They're going to want to get after Cincinnati. And two, the Cincinnati offensive line is porous. It doesn't matter where it's Joe Burrow, Braden Allen, Ryan Finley, I, I don't care. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. The defensive linemen are going to get to the quarterback with this own line. So, Alden Smith benefited. He had a uh, touchdown return, a f sorry, fumble return for a touchdown. And the IDP MVP for this game is actually linebacker Jalen Smith. He had 11 total tackles, one fumble recovery, and one pass defended. I've said this before, I'll say it again, especially in the fantasy playoffs. Start your defensive linemen and start your defensive special teams against Cincinnati Bengals. Nee, I do appreciate you finding some good in this game. I love your optimism, but I am a better human being. So we're going to take a break. Allow me to recenter. So we'll send it over to at nonsense underscore Steve, Steve Bonham. And we are back with the battle of look how dumb the Bears were for trading up to draft Trubisky. And Chicago does get a small laugh as they defeat the Houston Texans in this one. And it was still a mistake. Deshaun Watson is still better. But please just get the man some help. He desperately needs it. They fall 36-7 to to Chicago. That's embarrassing. It really is. Um, and yeah, I've got to hope that the, the help for Deshaun will come in the form of coach a coaching change because obviously it will not come in the draft this year unless they're able to find some deep gems because they do not have a first and second round pick. I, I just say that out loud just to remind myself of what a disaster it's been in Houston. Um, but I think on the bright side of things, Deshaun Watson has some real chemistry with wide receiver Chad Hansen. Uh, Hanson led the team in catches this week with seven. He only had 52 yards, which isn't great, but I actually wrote about this guy last week in my Dynasty report that I put out every week at importantnonsense.com. Uh, Hanson actually deliberately sought out Watson in the offseason to work with him, and it is now paying off. He was originally drafted by the Jets, and lo and behold, he's, he's succeeding elsewhere. But he has two games in a row with at least seven targets and at least five catches. He's only 25 years old, but I think you really need to keep him on your radar for dynasty purposes. Also, we might have to keep Buddy Howell on our, our radar as well, running back uh, for Houston. Um, Duke Johnson is clearly not the guy, uh, you know, David Johnson not being there either. I think Howell could see a lot of touches to close out the season. He had 12 touches today, total for 45 yards. Again, nothing great, but let's just kind of watch those touches in the yards uh, for the remainder of the year and see if it's worth uh, picking up. Well, you've sure got that right about Duke. Eight carries for 26 yards and a fumble is just a straight nope. He did have 53 yards on two receptions, which is why he's a satellite back and just a satellite back. 
And as the doctor said, seven for 56 for Hanson. Kiki Kuti catches all three of his targets, but this time it's just 24 yards. Does score a TD, though, so that's nice for him. And then someone called Stephen Mitchell gets three receptions for 38 yards. No idea who that is or what that is. Jordan Akins, three receptions, 20 yards. So as you can tell, Deshaun Watson was clearly disappointing because of this. Brandon Cooks was a surprise inactive. We forgot to mention that. So just 219 yards and a passing touchdown from Watson. He does add 38 yards and a rushing TD, which is almost a passing touchdown with 38 yards. So nice enough there. And that is exactly why the Konami Code quarterbacks are so important. It's all about the rushing upside. And I can't believe I'm actually saying this um, because he had a pretty decent day. But are we sure that Trubisky is bad? I mean, he he threw for 267 yards, 72%, almost 73% completion, another 23 yards on the ground. So you kind of get a little bit of that Konami code you're talking about. But best yet, three touchdowns, zero TDs. So again, are we sure that Trubisky is bad? Yeah, I'm pretty positive he's and you can clip this and you can come back to me, but I think Mitchell Trubisky is bad at quarterback. And the only reason he's had success the past two weeks after being unbenched is because the Lions and Texans stink worse on defense than Trubisky does at quarterback. Definitely also helps, too, that he has Allen Robinson go nine grabs, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And that wasn't the only performance of note from his pass catchers either. Cole Komet, four receptions, 41 yards. Unfortunately, though, Jimmy the Grandpa is a vulture. He also has four receptions, only 23 yards, but gets a touchdown, so that's really annoying. And the other TD goes to Darnell Mooney, but he only has two receptions for 22 yards. Imagine what Darnell Mooney could do with a real quarterback. And then Anthony Miller, he also has just two receptions for 16 yards. And I think he could do something with a real quarterback, too. This is part of the reason that John also lost our dynasty matchup too, is because Anthony Miller just two receptions for 16 yards. But aside from that, though, also saw David Montgomery shred another bad defense, averages 11 yards a touch, 11 carries and three receptions, 155 yards with a rushing touchdown. So what a day from Chicago. What a day from Chicago. The Bears are not who we thought they were. That's why they took to the field. Um, IDP MVP for this game is actually on the other side of the ball. It's the Houston um, Texans safety, Eric Murray. He had 11 total tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, and two tackles for loss. And we must now say so long to Daddy Longneck. After a brutal 31-3 start by the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars yanked Mike Glennon. At the time, he had completed 13 of 23 attempts, 85 yards and an interception. So that led to the return of Minshew Mania. Not much of note when Minshew came back, but he does go 18 of 31 for 178 yards and a touchdown pass to Keelan Cole. So it's better than what we were getting from Glennon. I just love seeing Gardner Minshew back. It's just, it's fun. He makes football fun. So Keelan Cole has a nice day with seven receptions. He has a nice day as well. Six receptions, 49 yards. Everyone else though did not have very nice days. They were pretty bad days, honestly. DJ Chark catches just two of nine targets, only 16 yards. Tyler Eifert has two receptions for 22 yards. Colin Johnson, two receptions for 33. And James Robinson, 83 scoreless yards on 16 touches. Thankfully, four of them were receptions, which helps us in PPR, but not what we needed out of James Robinson when it matters most in the fantasy playoffs. However, on a personal note, James Robinson did reach the millennium. He becomes the fastest undrafted free agent running back to reach 1,000 yards, does it in just 14 games. So congratulations to him. 
Yeah, what an impressive season all around. I mean, if we're thinking about, you know, fantasy MVPs for the year, I mean, especially in relation to where you probably acquired him. I mean, James, you know, Robinson has to be at the top of the list. Um, the next the player I want to talk about next probably isn't going to be on that list, but I think he's spectacular nonetheless, and that's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I think, arguably makes the catch of the year today. If you haven't seen it, just Google it immediately. Jump on YouTube, wherever you got to go. He made a beautiful single-handed 37-yard catch in the first quarter that just really opened things up for the Titans. It was all downhill uh, there for the Jags. I mean, they had just no chance after that, after they just opened things up. Yeah, A.J. Brown is just an out-of-this-world stud. I can't believe the Ravens passed on him, and I can't believe the Patriots passed on him for Hollywood Brown and Nikhil Harry. That's just gross. A.J. Brown finishes the day with seven receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Corey Davis fades to the back of the line, three receptions, 34 yards. All is right in the world. Unfortunately, though, Jonu Smith also faded to the back, just two receptions, just 23 yards, has a carry as well. Meanwhile, the tight end four on the team, not one, not two, not three, the tight end four, Jeff Swain, gets three receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. So it's a surprise that anyone did anything, though, so I can't be too mad because Derrick Henry hogged all of the stats. 28 touches, two of them were receptions, 222 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's 2-2-2 from number 22, King Henry. And that's the kind of performance that we want from our studs in the playoffs. So thank you, Derrick Henry, for coming up big when we needed you the most. Yes, King Henry delivers for his loyal subjects. And when he gets lots of yardage and lots of carries and fantasy, that means he gets lots of tackles on defensive end because someone has to stop him. Someone has to stop that juggernaut. And the IDP MVP for this game was someone who tried to stop him. And that was linebacker Miles Jack from the Jaguars. He had 10 total tackles. One tackle for loss. I said it at the start of the season. I'm continue to say it. When you have Derrick Henry up against your linebacker, you start a linebacker. You don't overthink it. You just start that linebacker. In our final game of the early slate, we saw the Denver Broncos knock off the Panther, Panthers 32-27 to and move to 5-8 and while sending the Panthers to 4-9. and In a game that truly did not matter to, in the slightest, but was 59 points scored, you know we did get some fantasy production out of it. Yeah, and surprisingly, a lot of that production came from Drew Locke. I mean, he you know he throws for four TDs today, 280 yards. He completes 77.7% of his passes. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, so I think with a result like this and the win, I, I think we shouldn't be surprised if the Broncos decide uh, to run it back again with this same squad in 2021. I think John Elway is going to look at this and be able to make a case and say, okay, we didn't have Sutton. We didn't have Von Miller, just to name a few. And if we had this team uh, complete and healthy, I think they would be, or at least Elway might make the case they'd be more competitive. I'm not exactly sure if that's true, but I think at least you can make that case if you're a front, you're in the front office of Denver. Um, and so we'll see how well that plays out for them. But I can already read the headlines coming out of Denver now. I hate it that you're probably right about that. I, I don't want to see another season of Drew Locke. Regardless, the weapons he's going to have are fantastic. Two of Locke's touchdowns go to K.J. Hamler. He has two receptions, two touchdowns, and 86 yards. 
One of the touchdowns goes to Tim Patrick. He finishes with three for 36 in the touchdown. Unfortunately, though, Noah Fant fell ill during the game, leaves before he gets a stat. This leaves Nick Vanette to catch the final touchdown. He has four receptions for 20 and the tug. Meanwhile, the tight end three, Troy Fumagalli, gets four. Judy, only two receptions for 42 yards, no scores. He deserves like 18 targets a game. This is unfair. So finally, we've got the Broncos' backs. We get a true committee there, 13 carries and three receptions for Melvin Gordon. He gains 91 yards, not a solid 5.7 yards a touch. Good for him. Philip Lindsay, on the other hand, 11 carries, two receptions. So that's just three touches less than Melvin Gordon. Lindsay only gains 31 yards, only 2.3 yards a touch. So I don't know if it's the knee. I don't know what it is, but Melvin Gordon has looked infinitely better as of late. So that'll take us to the Panthers. Offense is solid as well. Teddy Bridgewater completes 75% of his 40 attempts, 283 yards, but no passing touchdowns, just a rushing score from him. Instead, Mike Davis gets two rushing scores, ends up with 93 yards, 11 carries, and five receptions. So it's a 26.3 day from Mike Davis in PPR leagues. What a performance with Christian McCaffrey out. Hope you started him. With DJ Moore out, we see Robbie Anderson get 106 yards, eight receptions, and two carries. Curtis Samuel, he gets 90 yards, seven receptions, and two carries. But it just would have been nice if one of them scored. Yeah, it would have been nice if Ian Thomas got involved as well. I mean, the guy has uh, Greg Olson leave town, and it seems like he took the soul of Ian Thomas with him. What what more do we need? He, he, the, the Panthers are missing DJ Moore. I would have thought this would be an E. Thomas game. Anyway, I'm going to get down from my soapbox because there was one guy who wasn't missing today. It was the IDP MVP for the Panthers, safety, Jeremy Chin. This is a guy who is safety in name, lines up a linebacker, and behaves like a defensive end. He had eight total tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, one quarterback hit, and one tackle for loss. He is a rookie. He's potentially defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, not the first time you've mentioned Chin on the show, and I honestly don't think it will be the last. What a game from him. And this will bring us to the evening slate, and the NFL did a beautiful job in balancing this. Seven early games, six late games. We'll kick things off with the Green Bay Packers heading to Detroit, and the Lions aren't going out without a fight. Of course, the Packers do win, but it was 14-14 to at halftime, and it ends up with a 31-24 W for the Packers. Rodgers, of course, scores multiple touchdowns yet again. He's done it in every game except for the loss of the Buccaneers. Throws for 290 yards, adds 13 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown as well with the three passing touchdowns. So four, it's a quad from Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely beautiful. And it's not going to shock anyone that Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 115 yards, and caught one of those touchdowns. He's elite. Big Bobby Tunyon, he also catches a touchdown, five receptions, 36 yards, just a touchdown machine. What will surprise you, though, six receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He caught all of his targets. He didn't have a drop on the day. St. Brown caught one for 15. And the newly signed Tavon Austin, throwback from the pass, two receptions, eight yards. So not really a good day from Aaron Jones because of all this. He does get 15 carries for 16 yards, but it's not nice. And only two receptions for six yards because Jamal Williams steals 10 carries, only gets 38 yards on it. So just a rude of Jamal to steal all the carries from Aaron like that when we needed it most in the playoffs. Decent game from Matthew Stafford on the other side, 244 yards and a touchdown. But he ends up going down in the fourth quarter, taken to the locker room. So Chase Daniels comes in at the end of the game, 29 passing yards to finish things up. 
But for some reason, the Lions are still starting a three-wide receiver rotation. Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones, and Mohamed Sanu, they're a combined 96 years old. It is disgusting. Danny Amendola, six receptions, 66 yards. Marvin Jones, four receptions, 48. Mohamed Sanu, two receptions for 37 yards. And that's what happens when you have decrepit receivers. They don't do anything. Thankfully, we are saved just a little bit. Because the next big thing at tight end, TJ Hawkinson, six receptions, 43 yards, and a tutty. And the next, or the next, DeAndre Swift, the next Alvin Kamara, gets seven carries, four receptions, only 50 yards, and a touchdown, though, in his return from a concussion and an illness. So you do love to see that from him. And randomly enough, Kerryon Johnson also got a touchdown. That was kind of weird. Three yards rushing as well. DeAndre Swift are the lone bright spots in Detroit if Kenny Galladay leaves. Yeah, Jack. So I, as much as I like to take the victory lap about Ronald Jones, I think one of the players I was really excited about this year was Noah Fant. And I, you know, I know we're not talking about the Broncos, but Hawkinson is everything that I wanted Noah Fant to be this year as a tight end. So like I, everything nice I said about Noah Fant, if we could just pretend I said it about Hawkinson instead, that'd be great. But uh, he's just so much fun to watch him and DeAndre Swift. Matt Stafford. I mean, whoever gets this Lions gig next year is going to have some really fun weapons to work with. And I'm starting to wonder, what about Jim Harbaugh? What do you all think about that? Yeah, look, uh, Jim Harbaugh would be nice. He's already in Michigan. I get it. I've heard a lot of rumblings about this, but I really feel that Harbaugh is better suited to the Chargers of L.A. He's a young quarterback, uh, younger offense. I'm here to tell you right now that the next Lions coach will be Robert Saleh, the D.C. of the San Francisco 49ers. The Ford family are very keen on him, and it's only a matter of time. They're just waiting basically for the Niners season to end so they can interview him and make it official. So that's my take on this situation. All right, so I'm going to be the one to say it. I don't want the Lions to hire Jim Harbaugh. I will be very upset if it happens. Just look at what he's done at Michigan. He's, he hasn't been able to develop a quarterback at all, hasn't been able to beat Ohio State, hasn't improved the team at all. So what? how's he going to improve the Lions? No, don't want him. I'm totally fine with Robert Sala. Down for that knee. Personally, though, I want Brian Dable from Buffalo. I think he and Matthew Stafford would make beautiful music. Yeah, now, fair. just to – you go, Doctor. No, nothing. Nothing, me. Let's go ahead. I was going to say, look, Stafford deserves better. I mean, he's been in Detroit his whole career, and they they haven't done him right. I mean, Megatron retired because, again, Detroit didn't give him the support that he needed at a front office level. Um, I, I really think that we're going to see Harbour in L.A. Um, he developed Andrew Luck at Stanford. He, he developed Colin Kaepernick to the best of his ability in San Francisco, he has a reputation at a pro level. What, he, what has happened at Michigan is a mulligan, and that's college, and that's a different ballgame. It's literally a different ballgame. Anyway, back to the pros. IDP MVP for this game is safety Donnell Savage. This is a guy who wanted 21 on the back of his jersey, so it could be 21 Savage, but the league wouldn't allow it. Anyway, his point total today is close to 21 in IDP. He had eight total tackles, one sack, one quarterback hit, and one tackle for loss. Now the Lions just make me very upset because they are just, they're, they're terrible right now. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to calm down, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. 
Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right, and there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. Stat Shootout, you put together a two- or three-player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee. Or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee. Obviously, you gotta go big or go home. Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward. Yep, I only need to get two out of three matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then, when I go all in, and I can get five out of five, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number. Just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve. You can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. I do love free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight with the promo code NONSENSE and get in on the action this weekend. And we are back and we'll continue with the evening slate as the Philadelphia Eagles upset the New Orleans Saints 24 to 21. How embarrassing for New Orleans. And John, can I get a boomer sooner? Boomer freaking sooner, Jack. It is Jalen Hurts season. It has begun uh, and it has begun in an amazing way. If you look at the stat line, 167 yards passing, one TD, eh. Not a whole lot to, to, to talk about there, but 106 yards on the ground. I mean, he's doing everything he was doing at Oklahoma, Alabama. He is doing enough, I think, to keep Carson Wentz on the sideline. I think this is Hurts' job for the season as long as he wants it. Philly is back in or is still in the NFC East hunt. They go to Arizona next week, followed by a road trip to Dallas. They close out the season at home against Washington, which could be potentially for that NFC East playoff spot. What a, what talk about a, a potential Week 17 playoff game. I'm so excited already. 
you love to see it from the former Alabama and Oklahoma QB. Obviously, though, with that passing line, none of his pass catchers really stand out. Two receptions for 46 six yards from Jalen Rager. That's nice. Four receptions for 43 yards from Dallas Goddard. Alshon Jeffrey catches the 15-yard TD. And Zach Ertz, he gets two receptions for eight yards. He looks old AF. I don't think he matters anymore, personally. But Jalen Hurts does have a wonderful impact on the run game. So like John said, 106 yards from him. But then Miles Sanders, 14 carries, 115 yards with two touchdowns, adds four receptions for 21 yards. So this is the Miles Sanders that I always knew was possible. He's so athletic. He just needs a crease, just needs a seam, and then he's gone. And with Jalen Hurts' rushing threat, now he's getting more than a little bit of a crease. It is beautiful to see. And so we can officially say that Jalen Hurts is better than Taysom Hill. Get me on that. I don't care. It, it's true. Taysom's fine. 291 yards passing, two TDs, complete 73.7% of his passes, adds 33 rushing yards, but it's an interception in the fumble that kills the team. So thankfully, he doesn't kill Michael Thomas. He has eight receptions for 84 yards. Or he doesn't kill Alvin Kamara either. He has 11 carries and seven receptions, 94 yards and a rushing score. So back to the old Alvin Kamara that we knew. Also three for 60 from Traquan Smith. Emmanuel Sanders, three receptions, 48 yards and a touchdown. Jared Cook scores a touchdown as well, three receptions, 37 yards. So pretty strong performance from the Saints offense, even in the loss. But because of this loss, the Saints may lose their bye week in the playoffs to the Green Bay Packers, both of which are at 10 and three. Maybe. Just maybe the Saints should have gone with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Anyway, time will tell on that one. IDP MVP for this game is Philadelphia defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. Hargrave had four total tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, one fumble recovery, and three quarterback hits. So I know this is a fantasy football podcast, but for some reason, Stephen Neal put it in my contract that we had to cover a comedy show this week. Yeah, that's right. The New York Jets lost to the Seahawks 42-3. It was hilarious how bad they were. They fall to 0-13. They play so bad that Russell Wilson is pulled before the end of the third quarter. Pathetic. Pathetic, and the joke is on anyone, including myself, who sat around and watched this game. Uh, but besides comedy, I think there was another element to this game that needs to be discussed. There was uh, an element of revenge to this game. Obviously, me might talk about this with his IDP approach, but Jamal Adams was clearly in this one to get revenge on his former coach, his former team. Uh, this one was just so bad. Like you mentioned, Jack, Russell Wilson was benched in the third quarter for Geno Smith, who is also a former Jet looking for revenge against his former team. So I think the Seahawks with this win, obviously not surprising, but it keeps them on the, on pace with the Rams for the NFC West crown. And I think still in the hunt, potentially for that one seed, depending on how things shake out, the Seahawks get the DC Rivera's in DC next week. They get the Rams at home, which really could be for the division. They have the 49ers on the road. I say road in quotation marks because it's really in Arizona. So uh, this will be a really interesting last few weeks of the season uh, for that number one seed. So somewhere in the United States, Greg Williams is sipping on some green tea, watching his former defense get monster today. I guess it wasn't his fault after all. Congratulations to the New York Jets for landing Trevor Lawrence. So Darnold is awful. 132 yards passing, 
No touchdowns. Luckily, no turnovers either, though, so good for him, I suppose. Braxton Berrios leads the receivers with three receptions, 49 yards. That's gross. Rashad Perriman, three receptions for only 26 yards because Darnold is bad and can't throw a deep ball. And Jamison Crowder, two receptions, seven yards. Oof, if you played any of them in the playoffs. That hurts. And the backfield hurts, too, because it is a full-blown committee. Josh Adams, he was the week one superhero when Bell got hurt. Eight touches for 30 yards from him. Gore, nine touches, 31 yards. And Ty Johnson, he also gets eight touches, only 16 yards from him. So just a mess in New York. Can they please end their season already? In Seattle, though, Russell Wilson decided to play opera and or Oprah, sorry, not opera, can't even read my own writing, and give everyone a touchdown. 206 yards passing, that's it. Does have an interception, but he has four touchdowns. So DK Metcalf obviously catches one. We know what one's going to him. Six receptions, 61 yards, and the tutter. Will Disley gets another one of them. Two receptions, 23 yards, and the touchdown. Freddie Swain, the rookie, two receptions, 22 yards, and a touchdown. And then David Moore, who John's talked about as a dynasty buy. Three receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Poor Tyler Lockett. Five receptions, 52 yards. And Russ is a Grinch, won't share the touchdown with Lockett. I really feel for him. But Car Chris Carson gets one, though, at least. 12 carries and three receptions, 98 yards from him. Foot looks fine, adds a rushing score. And then to end the game with Geno Smith in, Carlos Hyde salts things away, 66 yards on 15 carries. What a whooping by Seattle. It was a whipping indeed. And Jack, you mentioned opera. You didn't mean it, but you mentioned it. And I feel like opera has a lot of screaming in it sometimes. And there was screaming in New York today because they would have been wondering, how does Donald not get in the end zone? How does he not make a pass? The offense is bad, bad today. You know how bad they were? The fact that the defense is so busy. Our MVP for this game is Jets linebacker Neville Hewitt. He had nine total tackles and two tackles for loss. He was just busy trying to stop the Seattle rush. And so now we'll head on down by the bay where the watermelons grow and the water, the 49ers fall to the Washington football team 23 to 15. At 5 and 7, the Washington football team now sits in first place in the NFC East and most importantly for them, they control their own playoff destiny. If they win out, they are in. Unfortunately though, it's not all good news in Washington. Alex Smith was forced from the game after going 8 of 19 for only 57 yards, also had an interception. It does look, did look like his surgically repaired leg was being wrapped. And so Dwayne Haskin comes in. He completes 7 of 12, 51 yards, but he does hold on for the win. Yeah, Jack. I mean, 2020, if we want to talk about just how crazy 2020 is, I mean, the, the, the Washington, D.C. Rivera's being in first place is, is point and example. I mean, uh, they do it without Alex Smith. They do it without Antonio Gibson, probably their two best players right now in their offense, I mean, without Scary Terry. Uh, you know, and down the sketch, you said they went out, they're in, but that's a little, that's not going to be so easy. They get the Seahawks next week. Uh, they get the Panthers, I think, at home, which will be a little bit easier. But then they got to go to Philly and play uh, Philadelphia and, and the Jalen Hurts, and who could be the hottest team. Uh, by then, who knows? I don't know if that they'll ever be able to cool that that team off the way things are going. Probably so, but um, anyways, it's a really fun year already, and I'm I'm so excited for that Week 17 matchup. I can't say that enough. 
But tune in later this week to the Big Boss Show. Steve and Neil will give us an update on the QB situation. Unfortunately, though, this meant Scary Terry had a frightening performance. Just two receptions for 24 yards from Terry McLaurin. The Nerds BFF, though, tight end Logan Thomas, he ends up with 43 yards on six receptions. McKiss- J.D. McKissick, though, with Antonio Gibson out, he leads the team 86 yards from scrimmage with 11 carries and two receptions. And so Nick Mullins, he really does try his hardest. The guy's just not an NFL quarterback. He's a backup. Sure, he belongs in the NFL, don't get me wrong. He's just not a starter. 260 yards, a touchdown pass to fullback Kyle Juszczyk, also has a pick and a fumble. It just turns it over constantly. At least, though, Brandon Ayuk, eight. And that's all I care about with the 49ers. Ten receptions, 119 yards. Sadly for Debo Samuel, though, he leaves the game pretty early, just one carry for nine yards, no targets. Raheem Moster also leaves the game after 14 carries, has two receptions as well, and ends up with 70 yards, kills us in the playoffs. Jeff Wilson makes up for it with 12 touches, 44 yards, and a rushing score if you played him. Yeah, uh, look, I'm the resident 49ers fan, and I'm going to say it. It was not pretty to watch today. They just they just couldn't get it done. And the Washington, you've got to take your hat off to the, the defensive end. One, Ron Rivera has built a very strong defensive unit in a very short space of time. So you might think I'm going to talk about Chase Young as the IDP MVP. You would be wrong. He did score a touchdown off a combo recovery, but it's actually Cameron Curl, the safety. He had seven total tackles, one interception, one touchdown from that interception, two passes defended, one quarterback hit, and 76 return yards for his trouble. Let me say this. Cameron Kell has been very, very consistent since filling in for Landon Collins at strong safety. If you need a safety in week 15 or beyond in your playoffs, make sure this guy's not on waivers. And if he is, go get him. And this will bring us to our main event, where the Indianapolis Colts stomped the Las Vegas Raiders into the dirt. Congratulations to my co-host on the Friday show, Jordan McDonald. Big Colts fan. 44-27 to victory for Indianapolis. And breaking news, this happened earlier in the podcast, but I wanted to wait for this moment to announce it. The Raiders have fired their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, because of how pathetic this was. It was absolutely awful. And heading into the game, Josh Jacobs tried trolling the world, posts on Instagram that he's not playing just before kickoff. Ha ha. I guess. I don't know. Jacobs has me blocked on Twitter. Not sure about Instagram. I didn't check. And I'm not sure his offensive line could block me, though, with the way they play today. It was bad. Yeah, Jack. I mean, maybe Jacobs should have just skipped this game. I mean, yeah, he played, but yikes, did he leave fantasy players wanting more. I mean, 13 carries for 49 yards. Um, he might have salvaged his day a little bit. You know, if you're playing the PPR league, he had three catches for 25. I mean, again, not bad, but not what you need at all if you're in the playoffs. Um, I don't think we're, we're talking enough about how good Indianapolis is, though. Um, they're they're getting hot at the right time. I really think when I look at teams that – because the Chiefs, are the, they, they are the standard that, you know, if you're building a team to try to compete for a Super Bowl, you have to go through the Chiefs. Um, but I think if we look at the, all 32 teams – or 31, I say in this case, without Kansas City, I think Indianapolis is the team that matches up the best and it could potentially give them the most trouble. They have a good run game. They have a really good defense. And, I mean, really the question mark is quarterback, you know, is if, if Rivers can uh, can play uh, like good Rivers or, or like the bad Phillip Rivers. 
Uh, Indy is heating up while Vegas is crumbling. Vegas was blown out by Atlanta. They barely beat the Jets. And now this. So because they're down all game, Derek Carr does sling it. 316 yards and two touchdowns. Also scores a rushing touchdown, 12 yards rushing as well, but has two interceptions. So mixed bag in fantasy. But with Carr hucking it, Darren Waller, he's Darren Waller. He's fantastic. Seven receptions, 75 yards. But instead, it's Nelson Aguilar who ultimately wins 100 yards and a touchdown on five receptions. Henry Ruggs, he just has 18 yards on three grabs. Hunter Renfro has 38 yards on five receptions. So nothing to see there. But we did get a Foster Moreau sighting, John. I know you love to see that. The big man out of LSU scores a 47-yard tud. Oh, it was so beautiful. 2021 with the one-two punch of Waller and Moreau is going to be a sight to behold. It was beautiful indeed, Jack. It has been a very rough year for a number of reasons, but given what we all deserve a trip to the island of foster moreau so of course we have saved the best for last as jonathan touchdown taylor proves that he is a damn boss 20 carries two receptions 165 yards from scrimmage and two rushing touchdowns what a monster and he still caught 100 of his targets on the year so lol at all of you who thought he couldn't catch coming out of college ridiculous take by you Naheem Hines, he's also fantastic as well. 75 yards and four receptions as a change of pace back. You can't be upset about that. But ultimately, T.Y. Hilton is the star of the passing game. He has turned the clock back over the last three weeks. This time, five receptions, 86 yards, and two touchdowns as he's proved he is the alpha in Indianapolis. Of course, this means Michael Pittman is the number two. He gets two receptions for 42 yards. And then at tight end, Trey Burton gives us nothing. That was a shock. 44 yards on three receptions from Jack Doyle to lead the tight end room. And Mo Alley-Cox, just one reception for nine yards. Yeah, the tight end room was a bit of a mixed bag, but uh, the defense was it was a bountiful. It was a bountiful harvest for Indianapolis. And the IDP MVP is safety, Kari Willis. He had six total tackles, one interception, which he returned for a touchdown, 50 yards running on that touchdown, and two passes defended. The, ID, the Indianapolis defense keeps on delivering for fantasy purposes. And that will wrap up our recap from the Sunday slate. We are currently sitting at halftime of Sunday night football matchup and a battle between two of the AFC powerhouses as the Pittsburgh Steelers head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. And right now the Bills are up 9-7. to seven. What a defensive game. Of course, you're going to get that in Buffalo when you're playing the Steelers. Unfortunately, Nee, we've already seen Deontay Johnson benched, had a couple more drops, uh, and then now, because of that, James Washington has entered the game, scores the first touchdown of the game for the Steelers. So James Washington could be a spicy waiver wire addition for the semifinals. But that's going to do it from us here on the Important Nonsense Podcast, Week 14 edition. The fate of many seasons are going to be on the line during Monday Night Football as the Baltimore Ravens face off against their AFC North rivals, the Cleveland Browns. So this means Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Mark Andrews, Jarvis Landry, and all these other fringe starters, they will be playing tomorrow. They will be the make or break of your season. So with this in mind, John, do you have any fire predictions or any words of wisdom to leave all our friends with as they head into round two and the semifinals of this fantasy football playoffs? 
Yeah, I sure do, Jack. And my fire prediction is that the Cleveland Browns, their momentum will continue uh, and they'll continue against Baltimore. They lost to the Ravens in week one by 32 points. So I think there is an element of revenge. This team really wants to, to prove uh, we are not as bad as we played in, in, in week one. These teams both are not the same teams that played in September. I think Cleveland is playing really good football right now. I think the Ravens are starting to kind of find themselves again, uh, not as bad as they looked there for a few weeks. Um, the Ravens are still a three-point favorite on the road. They were eight-point favorites back in September. So I think Vegas is starting to see this gap is getting closer between these two teams. I actually like the Browns at home to win and to cover uh, this win would also put them closer to the Steelers for a potential chance to win the AFC North. It's still a long shot, but the Browns close the season with Pittsburgh at home. That could potentially be for the NFC North, which is just crazy to think about with Cleveland. Uh, but in good news, we're supposed to get some more snow on Tuesday, so hopefully my stamina will hold up uh, for, for chasing pumpkin around and I can make it to next week's podcast. So be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC for more of Pumpkin and for more gold from this man's brain, which bring back from this man's brain, which brings us to our other brilliant co-host, Nee Wallace-Bruce. Nee, is there anything we should be looking for on Monday Night Football? And is there anything we should all be thinking about as we head into the semifinals? Well, thanks, Jack. We're in the fantasy playoffs, so this is when we take a flower and upside, right? No, wrong. Absolutely not. If you're here and you're on a week 15, you need to continue with who got you there. And if you're out of the playoffs, you need to pay attention to Browns wide receiver Donovan People Jones in Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Monday Night Football features the old Cleveland Browns, who are now the Ravens, up against the new Cleveland Browns, who are now playing in Cleveland. And with OBJ on his way out, someone is going to have to step up as an additional target for Baker Mayfield. On the point of Cleveland sports, I can reveal that the baseball team, the Tribe, they're going to be changing their nickname from next season as per the New York Times. Fantastic insights, as always, from me. So for more, be sure to follow him on Instagram at TheRealNWB. But here's my peek into the future. Ravens are going to blow out the Browns 44-28. to you can follow along with all the contact for, content from me, John, and myself, as well as all the other fantastic people over on importantnonsense.com and on all the socials at NonsenseFF. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you haven't, be sure you come back later in the week for the Big Boss Show because they're sure to change your mind. So until then, I've been your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and it's been a joy to once again recap all of Sunday's action for you. Stay safe, wear a mask, take care of your mentals, and most importantly, don't forget to keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!